An anthology about the bad, the short-lived, and the forgotten shows and events in television history. This is It Was a Thing on TV. I give you Super Train! Episode 415, Submission 1264. Drexel's Glass. Drexel's Glass aired on Fox from September 19th, 1991 to March 5th of 1992 for 18 episodes. And that is two more episodes than Uncle Croc's Block, The Hudson Brothers Razzle Dazzle Show. J.J. Storbuck, the number of aired episodes of Salvage 1, and Schooled. Mighty impressive. Well done, Greg. And now here's the theme song they introduced around episode 8. Okay, guys, this is the finale of this special themed block of shows. And I got to say, I remember when this was originally on the air. And I remember that they put this like on Thursday nights at 830 on Fox with a killer lead in and a killer lead out program. You had the Simpsons at eight and then 90210 at nine and then this at 830. So it's like, how can this show lose? You have two big hits at the time for Fox. You have The Simpsons, and you have 90210. And you have Dabney Coleman. You're thinking, okay, he's had bad luck twice. Buffalo Bill, unfortunately, got canceled because Brandon Tartikoff regretted canceling it. It's a lot Maxwell's story. Everyone said, this is going to be a hit. Can't lose. And then, no didn't so what happens this time well on drexel's class dabney coleman plays a corporate raider who lost a lot of money and dodged his taxes and is offered a suspended sentence to work as a teacher at a school of fifth graders now, Mike, I'm sure in your line of work, this happens all the time. You happen to have a lot of deadbeats in the corporate world who work at your school, correct? Oh, yeah. That's uh, all the teachers are in my school are felons getting weird adjusted sentences. Yeah. Uh-huh. I remember when I was in college and Bertie Madoff taught my financial class. What? Bernie Madoff taught your financial class? I know, it was so weird. I don't even know how to react to that. Oh my gosh. I'm kidding. How the heck did I know? I thought you were being real. 
so, well, first off, I was going to say, I didn't know you went to college. But second, wait, you didn't know I went to college? I have two college degrees, Mike. I did That's not know this. Seriously, I did not know this. I did not know you went to college. But also, <laughs> have you I, ever I looked? Was... Hold on. I have. Have you ever looked at my Facebook wall? It says right there in the about section graduated Suffolk County Community College, 2009. Graduated Dallin College, RIP, by the way, 2012. Hold on. I'm actually doing live research. Not kidding. It says studied at. It does not say graduated from. Oh, same thing. Studied at, graduated. I have two degrees. Okay, one requires completion. The other, you just went to school. Well, also, one of your degrees was an associate's degree. One was an undergrad, right? I got a sports management degree at Dell in college. Okay, but still, one was an associate's and one was an undergrad, correct? Correct. All right. You both have one more degree than I have. Okay, but also, I was going to say, I have an undergraduate degree and a master's degree, so I'm not flexing about degrees here, but I didn't know you graduated from college or even went to college. And I'm sorry, the whole Bernie Madoff thing, I seriously bought that because where do you live? Where did you go to school? You lived in, and uh, went to school in the New York City area, so it totally rates that Bernie Madoff may have taught some sort of like econ class, maybe not very well, but it rates to me. I find it scary that you thought I was being serious there. I seriously did. I, I really thought you were being a hundred percent serious there. All right. Well, the bottom line is Dabney Coleman's playing Otis Drexel and he is a divorced man who has two daughters and he figures, you know what? I might as well teach this class full of these brats and try to teach them the way that life really works. Isn't that right, Chico? Yeah. School of hard knocks in the fifth grade, baby. But as a way of getting out of his jail sentence, because if you are convicted of tax fraud, which Otis Drexel was, you go to jail. It could be, you know, minimum security club bed it could be oz do you honestly want to take your chances no otis drexel decided let me dust out my teaching certificate and go back to school but like you said greg drexel was not teaching by the book he was teaching from the school of life school of hard knocks me find me that sort of thing he was teaching these kids reality. He was teaching them how to use their street smarts. So aside from his class, we have his principal, who loathes him, and his best friend, who is a gym teacher. And then there's somebody who one of his daughters is dating. But we'll get to that later. Right now, let's talk about the cast, shall we? We already know about Otis Drexel, Daphne Coleman. What more can we say about him? Buffalo Bill, he was an ornery TV star. Slap Maxwell, he was an ornery sports writer. Now he's an ornery teacher. His rival, Roscoe Davis, 
who is a fellow teacher in his own right, played by Dakin Matthews, who is still with us, known for playing Colonel Cochran in Child's Play 3. Ooh, Child's Play 3. Josie in the 2023 version of Waitress. I didn't even know that there was going to be a 2023 version of Waitress. Yeah, it's the one based on the musical. Ah, like the Color Purple was a film before it was a musical, and then it's going to be a musical? Yeah. He was in the reboot of True Grit in 2010. Ooh. He was Bob Eisenstadt in Brain Dead, future entry there. What the hell is Brain Dead? Washington, D.C. is full of zombies. Oh. So it's nonfiction. <laughs> well, it's not happened yet, but when you're listening to this, there probably is a government shutdown going on right now. Nope. Fun fact, Dakin Matthews originated the role of Mickey in Rocky the Musical. You're gonna eat lightning and crap thunder. Playing the elder daughter, Melissa Drexel, A.J. Langer, who was best known for Is This Gonna Be a Future Entry? My So-Called Life. Uh, maybe? I don't know. I don't think so. I, d- no, I don't think so, just because, yeah, it was short-lived, but it is so critically acclaimed. Maybe in the same class as, say, a Freaks and Geeks. Critically loved, still on reruns nowadays. I am going to say probably a don't cover just because I don't want to poo-poo on like a real classic short-lived show. This definitely is a future entry. She was in all 26 episodes of It's Like, You Know? Oh, yeah, that Jennifer Grey show. I think it's a better name, that Jennifer Gray show. I like that name. I like it a lot. That would have been a much better name. Playing the younger daughter, Brenda Trexel, Brittany Murphy. Oh. We miss Brittany Murphy. I miss Brittany Murphy a lot. It was like a really interesting like HBO Max documentary about like her death. It was like a weird you gotta watch it after this episode if you're listening to this it's a weird ass way everything that turned out uh it sucks how everything turned out yeah you could still hear her on uh reruns of king of the hell on adult swim and fxx then we have the rest of the class playing willie trankus jason biggs from american pie Y'all know what he was best known for in American Pie in that movie. I wasn't even thinking you guys were going to go there. You know what the first thing popped in my mind was when you said Jason Biggs? Cherry's Wild. Wild. I swear to God. It's Future installment, Cherry's Wild. (laughs) Go off of Cherry's Wild. Cherry's Wild isn't a game show. Cherry's Wild is a 30-minute commercial for a soft drink. F that... And it's not even really a game show because it was scripted in the end, essentially. Wait, it was? If you read the credits, it said that, like, every tape day, one team was assigned to get the possibility of, like, the five cherries or whatever the 
the whole thing is. So it wasn't necessarily by chance per se, where it was RNG that determined the results. Somebody each tape date got five cherries. They didn't know which one. So that's not really truly random if you think about it. Does that make sense? I mean, from a statistical standpoint, from, from a, a logical mathematical standpoint, yeah, that's not a true random game. Like if you're doing a slot machine or if you did press your luck where that's truly random, talking about press your luck after they got rid of the patterns. But yeah, when you say that somebody's going to have the possibility at the top prize in every tape date, I mean, there's a random sense, you know, in terms of, you know, which of the five people or five teams or five shows is going to have that top prize possibility, but still, it's not truly random. I'm getting off my soapbox. Basically, what you say you'd rather see him hump a pie instead of hosting Cherry's Wild. Well, I think you heard Chico's reaction when he said, don't say Cherry's Wild, don't say Cherry's Wild, don't say Cherry's Wild, and I said Cherry's Wild. That's all you really needed to know. Would I rather see him hump an apple pie? Wouldn't it be funny if it was a cherry pie and not an apple pie? Just saying. Oh, Cherry's wild pie. But anyhow, yes, I will take American pie 11 times out of 10 over Cherry's wild. So we also have a classmate named Walker played by Matthew Lawrence. Oh, you know what that means. Hi, Joey. How you doing? Whoa. Whoa. There we go. And playing Nicole Finnegan, Heidi Ziegler from Future Entry Rags to Riches. And from never going to be covered on this podcast, just the 10 of us. We're not going to cover that. That was good. Yeah. It was very good. It sort of falls in the same category as Freaks and Geeks and uh, my so-called life, even though maybe not as legendary. And now we go to Principal Francine Itkin, who is Drexel's mortal enemy, played by Randy Graft. I'm not going to say that they're mortal enemies, but she has a lot of contempt for Mr. Drexel. But uh, Randy Graft, she was in Rent in 2005. She wait, was... wait, 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 wait. Yeah, say it, Greg. I was going to say it, but I'm going to let you have the honors. I got to tell you something. I bet you when Crystal Bernard went to the movie theater in 2005, she said, I want one ticket to see Rant. I want to see Rant. I want to see Rant. I want to see Rant. But yeah, aside from that, she wasn't in a lot of regular series work. She was basically a that woman from that thing. But she would be replaced by Principal Marilyn Ridge, played by future It Was a Thing Hall of Famer, Edie McClurg. So she went from being the secretary to being the principal. Oh, Mr. Rooney. Yeah, we're not going to mention that again in another episode this week. Why would we? Which and means expected on Thursday. <laughs> And then we have two more people in the cast playing George Foster, the gym teacher, Cleve Derricks. Of course, we'd see him later on 
on every single episode of podcast favorite, at least of Greg and myself. Sliders. Just the first three seasons. Just don't watch past season three. Anything involving Charlie O'Connell, you can skip. Yeah. Oh, but speaking of, guys, guys, I got to mention this. If you can find Jerry O'Connell's recent appearance on Pardon My Take, Jerry talks about how he was watching Hard Knocks. He talks about this with PFT and Big Cat. And he talks about the scene, this past season of Hard Knocks, where Robert Saul is talking about, like, crows or something uh that first speech that robert sala had um you know that's the that's the opening to hard knocks and so robert sala comes out good looking guy and he says uh let me tell you something about eagles Mm -hmm. and i was like oh god he's making an eagles reference like i don't know if that's really appropriate let me me tell you something about eagles when they get attacked by crows and i was like oh the Jets are the Crows. Yes. The Jets are just going to fucking peck the Eagles. And we're just going to keep pecking. And the Jets are going to just keep pecking till they're at the fucking Super Bowl. And he was like, an eagle flies up and the crow dies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, let's get out there. And I was like, God. What the hell is that? And the way he describes the scene I literally said out loud, what the f*** is Robert Sala talking about? It gives you a sense between that and his stupid-ass press conferences where he's like, oh, Zach Wilson is great, where it's like, this guy needs to be in a f***ing loony bin. And this has been Greg roasts the shit out of Robert Sala for being a terrible head coach. Man, I'm going to need to do a lot of censoring there. Oh, hey, we did talk about Cleveland Derricks previously. Because he was in an episode of 18 Wheels of Justice. Nice. That's right. But also, we talked about him in good sports. But we only care about 18 Wheels of Justice. Sorry. Yeah, but he played Jeff Musburger on good sports, which was totally not a dig on Brent Musburger, who got fired from CBS the year before. Totally not a dig. It totally was. And rounding out the cast is Slash, who works at a uh, convenience store that Otis conveniently patronized and also dated one of the daughters. Yeah, he dated the oldest daughter. The one who's not Brittany Murphy. He's played by Phil Buckman, who was not only an actor, he was also the bassist for Filter from 2010 to 2013 and the bassist for Fuel from 2015 to 2021. So yeah, he looked the part, he played the part, he was the part. Fun fact, Greg. Oh? He performs voices in the Spider-Man 3 video game. Oh, the Spider-Man 3 video game. Well, it's not as good as Spider-Man 2, because you know why? Pizza time. You see, Mike, you have to play the Spider-Man 2 video game to understand the magic of pizza time. I'm still trying to conquer the Spider-Man video game on the Atari 2600. 
Look, Mike, Spider-Man 2 is coming out. You have an excuse to get a PS5. It's an amazing game. Go get it. I'm just saying. Excuse me. My money has been earmarked to go towards Allen and Ginter baseball cards. Thank you very much. Well, that's fair. Speaking of, since the people uh, listening to this didn't uh, see what I posted the other night, I did buy two more boxes, and one of them had all foil cards, which is absolutely amazing, all short prints. But the even more amazing thing is in that box, I got an autographed card of Bun B, who we talked about in before the show last week. Bun B. Bun B. Well, I got a Brett Beatty mini rookie card in one of my boxes of Allen and Ginter last week, so. It's a fun break. If you're into cards, go buy it. If you want those Bun B autographs. Bun B. Hey, it goes for good money on eBay. I made at least my money back on the uh, box that I bought once I sell it. So that's our cast. So let's go ahead with the episodes. Episode one. Otis's last day. Principal Itkin evaluates Drexel with the hope of firing him. She does not like that man. No. We got a name on this episode. Playing Rosie Julie McCullough. Oh, yeah. Because she was involved in like a little incident the year before on another show, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, a lot of you listening know what the controversy is, so we're not going to say it because nope. this person is a bad man. He's a bad man. Episode 2, Air Drexel. Gee, I wonder what this is in reference to in 1991. Mr. Drexel and Mr. Davis both have a basketball tournament with their class and a bet on the side to win the chance to take an attractive nurse out on a date. Ooh, but okay, guys, Mr. Drexel has this one person on his team who he figures, okay, I'm going to totally win this basketball game against Mr. Davis's class. It's all going to turn out well. And then he breaks his leg. And then, oh my God. Mr. Drexel says to Mr. Davis, oh, I think we should, like, postpone this game, like, another three to four weeks. And, well, I'm going to play this clip here, and Mr. Drexel is going to make a comment that in 1991, and even 32 years later, I'm like, oh, dear God, I can't believe he went there with this. So here we go. The point, Roscoe, is that in the spirit of fair play, I think we ought to just postpone our little basketball game. Three or four weeks. Give your kids a chance to practice so it won't be a rout. Sounds good. I'll take it. Uh, we could really use the extra time. So we say oh, yes. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. If Otis is offering this, I'm not buying. What? Hey, Mr. Drexel, you don't have to take me home. My mom's going to come pick me up. Nurse Duvall said I'll be able to play in about three or four weeks. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> That's funny, Oscar. This little joker. <laughs> he idolizes Bo Jackson, okay? He's walking around on his crutches all the time. You know? Mike's reaction says it all. 
did they really make a joke about Bo Jackson and his injury playing for the Raiders back in like was it ninety or so? Ninety one playoffs, yes. Oh my gosh. That's savage. I do have a name. And there's maybe like one or two roles that people may know him from, but I mentioned this name because recently I've been listening to a lot of Gilbert Gottfried's podcast. Uh, they're doing encore episodes because obviously Gilbert's not with us anymore. And I was listening to the episode with Ronnie Shell this week, and this guy's name was mentioned, Art LaFleur. He plays Mike in this episode. And the one place that I think Greg particularly would know Art LaFleur from is he was Chick Gandel in Field of Dreams. First baseman. Yeah, and I think we did mention him in an episode recently, but hold on a second. I think he was in another baseball movie if you look up on his IMDb, Mike. Yeah, The Sandlot. He played the babe. Legends never die, kid. And playing said nurse, Nurse Duval, as uh, the man mentioned in the clip, Natasha Pavlovich, she was in a lot of things. She was that hot lady from that thing. But she was in another series. She was in something called Bitter Fruit from 2008 and 2009. Bitter Fruit, huh? Bitter Fruit. Oh, bitter Fruit indeed. <laughs> it was not made in America, by the way. Oh. I believe that would have been made in her native Serbia. Because she's Serbian-American, you see. Oh, okay. Also, I'm going to add three things. First, she was on an episode of Wings in 1995. Second and third, we've covered shows she's been on previously. She was on an episode of The Monsters Today. And her absolute first IMDb credit, believe it or not, she was on an episode of What a Country. What a I Country. I want to be an American. I'm sorry. I, I was going to do the spoken word version of the theme, but I'm going to let you do whatever you want to do. I want to be an American. In America, it's right for me. Oh, episode three, guys. Misery loves Drexel. Drexel has a new student in his class, Mitchell, who starts out to idolize him. However, Drexel doesn't take to him so. As a result, Mitchell ends up torturing Drexel to death and playing Mitchell. Oh, man. In 1991, he was the most mischievous little bastard of them all at this time. Michael Oliver, problem child himself, Junior Healy. And Chico, in this episode, Michael Oliver tortures the shit out of Dabney Coleman. You know what this means? What does this mean? It's time for another round of uh, Is This Typecasting? Yes. This has been Is This Typecasting? Back to you, Greg. But, oh my god. The scene where he ties him up and he's 
pouring like sugar on him. He has the ants for the ant farm trying to eat him with the sugar. And he has firecrackers. He's going to light him on fire. He's going to light Drexel on fire. Look, you're in big trouble, my man. Now cut the nonsense. Go get some help. What have we down here? Mitchell, what are you doing? Look, you know it's not nice to scare poor old Mr. Drexel, right? Ah! Oh, Lord. Grandpa Grammar. Grandpa doesn't like you very much. Yeah. He wants to squeeze your nose. No, he doesn't. He doesn't want to do that. I talked to him earlier. I'm not going to humor you anymore, Mitchell. Grandpa! Grandpa, listen to me. Mr. Davis has been looking for you all day long. We're tired of Mr. Davis. We want to play with you. I'll tell you what, Mitchell. You know, in the nurse's office, there's a jar there of the best-tasting candy. They're called Thorazines. Nice try, Teach. Oh, creep. Oh. Oh, I forgot. I'm the blackboard monitor. Oh. And these erasers look like they could use a good cleaning. What are you doing behind my back, you little... Oh, it's beginning to feel a lot like Christmas, huh, Mr. This man must be stopped. He also burns his kitchen. Because Drexel uses him as a slave. No, this actually is what happened. Mr. Drexel hates him so much, he uses him as a slave because he wants to get rid of him. Episode 4, Love Walked Right In and Swept Mr. Drexel Away. Now, I don't have a capsule on IMDb, so Chico, do you have the capsule? From Truth by Algorithm Google, the kids give Otis a makeover when he falls for a new colleague. Oh my. I could definitely see where he would fall for this new colleague. Playing Helen Selwyn, Nana Visitor from Deep Space Nine. Oh. Oh, not just Deep Space Nine. I'm sorry. One role that I remember her from was Family Guy. She was like a 50-year-old girlfriend of Brian Griffin, the dog. This is uh, like 14 years ago. And just like everybody in the family was ragging on this woman because of her age. And <laughs> that's what I remember her from. Brian's got a brand new bag. Not the only voice that she did on Family Guy. She did do the voice of Quagmire's sister, Brenda. We do have another name, though, believe it or not. In this episode playing Mary Finnegan is an actress we've talked about in the past named Arlene Galanka. She's been in many movies. But the main reason I mention her, I need to actually like catch my breath here for a moment because this is going to be an emotional moment for me. She was on at least one week of the new Liars Club. Was she on with Shucky Haru? No, she wasn't. No. She wasn't on that week. I've seen episodes from that week and I don't remember who she was with. She might have been with like uh, James Doohan, I think. James Doohan, uh, obviously, you would have had John Barber, and I forget who the other female was. Was it Shannon Tweed? No, it wasn't Shannon Tweed. No, no, this is early on, because Shannon Tweed 
and we'll get into this when we do the new Liars Club in December. Shannon Tweed became a regular maybe about like halfway through the run, maybe a little bit earlier than that. Now, this is like a very early episode. Might have been in the first month or so. I don't remember the episode number, but she was definitely on a week of the new Liars Club. Not with Shadi LaRue, unfortunately. Which, remember, is John Barber's kid's favorite character on John Barber's kid's favorite TV show in 1988, even though it got canceled in 1988. But remember, we also did learn that John Barber's kid did the booking for the new Liars Club. So John Barber's kid was responsible for Arlene Kalanka being on the show. That's beautiful. Episode 5, Convictions. Moonlighting at a prison, Otis insults a dangerous felon. Uh-oh. 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 Yeah, I watched this episode. It's like, there's like a poetry meet going on, and like, the prisoner goes to the poetry meet and reads a poem? And, like, Drexel, the whole episode's, like, scared of this guy because he thinks, like, this guy's going to come and kill him. He's got the look of a felon, with all due respect. He's not with us anymore. But taking a look at uh, him, Tim Rosevich, six foot four, big guy. He's got that look when I look at his picture on IMDb. He looks like he could be a killer of some sort. Oh, and it says here on IMDb, he was roommates with Tom Selleck in college. Oh. And I mentioned the imposing figure, the height, the look. He looks like somebody who could convincingly play some sort of prisoner. He actually was drafted in the first round of the NFL draft out of USC in 1968. He played a linebacker, played for the Eagles, made the Pro Bowl in 1969. And also played for the Chargers and Philadelphia Bell, which I'm guessing is World Football League. Yeah, World Football League. And then played for the Oilers in 76. So not only is he this imposing prisoner type of person, he was imposing on the football field. Episode 6. Viva Lost Wages. Viva Lost Wages. Viva Lost wages. All right, so you have a fifth grade class. Where are you going to take a fifth grade class on a field trip? Washington, D.C.? That's fun. Oh, Disneyland. Yep. So Drexel takes the class to Disneyland with a stop at Las Vegas. Because you could totally go directly to Las Vegas from Southern California. Oh, yeah, it totally checks out. But they all... Oh, my God. Drexel, Mr. Davis, they're all gambling. They're funny. And it's so stupid. And it gets so pathetic that they... I think at one point they get, like, Kenny to try to... Sneak off as like a little person with a mustache. Because he has the ability to count cards. Like Mr. Smith. Oh my god. Now you see, I was going to try and turn this into an educational thing saying, 
they're learning about probability and statistics. I just love it even more because now you just invoked Mr. Smith and counting cards. I love it. Well, also, Mr. Drexel plays poker. He gambles with his own kids on the freaking bus. That sounds like something he'd do. Oh, yes. Episode 7. Best Halloween ever. On Halloween, Drexel regales the class with scary stories, including one about Poish revenge on his daughter's boyfriend. Poish revenge. That could be so many things, and none of them are good. Episode 8. Driving Drexel crazy. Now, by this time, we have a new principal because this is going to be the first of two retools that Fox has done with the show. But we have a new principal in Edie McClurk's character, Marilyn Ridge. Yes, Marilyn Ridge. But she's introduced in episode nine. So, But in this episode, Moonlighting Otis teaches... Driver's Ed. And wacky shenanigans happen. We have a name in this episode. Playing Timothy is Brandon Douglas. The only reason I mention him is we talked about him previously because he played Cameron Fry in the TV version of Ferris Bueller. Sorry for yelling. Stop yelling at me. I know. I don't like when my TV shows yell at me either, Chico. I'm sorry. Also playing the role of Dion is Morris Chestnut, and his roles are numerous. We're talking Rosewood. We're talking The Best Man. We're talking Kick-Ass 2, the 2009 version of V. Episode 9, Down and Out at the Out and In. Otis comes into money and quits. Now, you see, I would have been more interested if the title was called Down and Out at the in and out because I could use a two-by-two right now, animal style. They're in Iowa, Mike. They're nowhere near an in and out I'm just saying I want in and out right now. So good, and I haven't had it in, like, four years. One year. Haven't had it in one one year. year. What? We were in Vegas and had in and out last year, Mike. When was I in Vegas a year ago? The last oh, time I, I was in Vegas, I had two legs. God. That's the goldfish memory, everybody. <laughs> I was in great Vegas. to see this so could be in this episode. That is beautiful. I was in Vegas last year. I could have sworn that you were with me. I remember we were at the in and out in Las Vegas one time, but I you sure? Was 2019. There that was it before is. the pandemic. And I that had, was, like I had I said, when I had from, two legs. I had the picture from that you, time. You sure you didn't imagine me in Vegas? I've never been with you in Vegas, Greg. That's right. When have I'm, you actually been west of the Mississippi, Greg? I've never been west of New Orleans, so. Well, there you go. That being said, if anyone wants to give me a free plane ride to Vegas, I'll gladly go because I want to see a Golden Knights game there. Episode 10, the best Thanksgiving ever. A visit from Drexel's detested ex-mother-in-law threatens to ruin his Thanksgiving. 
Playing that mother-in-law, no name, but we did talk about her last week, Lou Leonard. We talked about her on an episode of Buffalo Bill last week, but also I mentioned that I remembered her as Mrs. DeGroot on the season three premiere of Married with Children, where she played a school librarian who just had like a bitter hatred for Al. And I put the audio in there. Go back to that episode if you want to hear all that audio. Episode 11, Bully for Otis. Otis helps Kenny fight the school bully. We have several names in this episode. Nurse Duval, Natasha Pavlovich, she makes a return appearance. Playing the ex-boyfriend, that's his only on-screen credit, is ex-boyfriend. Mitch Pileggi from the X-Files. Oh, okay. And then playing a character named Maria, Beth Broderick. Aunt Zelda from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh, the one who's not Caroline Ray. Correct. Is that really how we're going to remember her? The one, the, the, the one who's not Caroline Ray and Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I mean, you're not wrong. Don't get me wrong. But that's how we're going to refer to her. Okay. Episode 12, Silent Night. Holy smokes! Otis hires out Santa Clauses that has to cover for them. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Episode 13, my own private Iowa. Gee, I wonder what they're referencing in this. Hmm. Melissa bolts and Otis rents out her room. So I'm guessing Melissa goes to live with Slash. Yeah, probably. Uh, Brandon Douglas returns as Timothy. And Julie McCullough returns as school secretary. Episode 14, Beauty and the Beast wonder what this is referencing. Otis hates Melissa's posing in a bikini. Uh, yeah, I can understand why. This episode actually begins at sort of a fan convention. And in that fan convention, making a special appearance, one of the greatest players in L.A. Dodgers history, Steve Garvey. Gee, I wonder what that is in reference to. Greg, are you insinuating that he might be the dad of at least one of the kids in the class? Maybe. Would you like another name in this episode? Oh, playing yeah. Himself, playing himself. Bob Eubanks. That's right. And directing this episode is even a name and a big name. Dick Martin. So you got Steve Garvey. You have Bob Eubanks, and you have Dick Morton. You know what that means, guys. Somebody somewhere has just completed their Loteria card? No, no, no. I was going to say, just like how earlier we had the is this typecasting thing, that's your stick, Chico. Greg's stick is who are three people that have never been in my kitchen. That is true. They have never been in my kitchen. Now, Steve Gorby. You deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. I'm going to invite you to my kitchen. Episode 15, Ashes to Ashes. 
Wait a minute. This is the spinoff of Life on Mars UK. Hey. I'm trying to keep some of 2024 a secret, dude. God. Otis goes bungee jumping after learning of a friend's death. The friend died and now he is feeling encouraged to bungee jump? That sounds weird because if I had a friend who died bungee jumping, I wouldn't touch a bungee cord to save my life. I think the two are mutually exclusive there, Mike. Now, Mike, this was 1992. Bungee jumping was the biggest thing on the planet. Everyone wanted to bungee jump. No, not everybody, because you know what? I've never wanted to bungee jump. I've never bungee jumped, and I don't plan on bungee jumping. So don't say everybody. Well, not me, but everyone mostly wants to bungee jump. And you know what? I'm not going to lie. I would want to watch someone bungee jump. So you're saying outside of me and you, the other 8.1 billion people in the world wanted bungee jump. Yes. Whatever. We have a name on this episode, and this name is actually relevant to two generations. Playing Patty in this episode is Mary Jo Catlett. If you are myself and Greg's and Chico's age, you know her as Pearl on different strokes. If you are of a current generation, the 21st century, let's say, you know her as the voice of Mrs. Puff on SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh, Mrs. Puff. The driving instructor, yeah. That's great. Episode 16, Till Death Do You Part. Otis learns his ex-wife is getting remarried. Now playing his ex-wife, Joanna Cassidy. You know what that means, guys. Let's punch her into the Hall of Fame. Episode 17, Cruisin'. Otis and family encounter a teen idol on a Caribbean cruise. And you want to talk about tying things together? Oh, yeah. Just right. say it. Say who the so, teen idol is. I'll tell is. you right now. One of their favorite shows is Teen Priest. And playing the role of Teen Priest is Jason Priestley. But he's not the only guest in this episode. My gosh. I think when you're talking about the guest, Chico, he may be the least popular guest, at least among the names that we're going to mention. Legitimately. Can we just rattle off the names here? Uh, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with Digital Underground? I do want to start with that. That's a good one to start off with. Shock and G. Shock G, sure. I think he's in the same vein as Bun B, but whatever. But the big one, especially given the news that just broke within like the last 24 hours or so. Tupac Shakur. Oh my god, yeah, because... Hold on a second. This is CNN Breaking News. They finally today got the guy who murdered Tupac Shakur. After, what, 27 years? Before anything, supposedly. Allegedly. Innocent until proven guilty. But also, did they say that he was the one who did it? Because I thought I read he was just in the same car, not necessarily the one implicated. Not sure. I'm not bringing a whole debate here. I'm just, uh, I, just what I heard wasn't that necessarily he was the trigger man, but he was in the same vehicle. 
Let's just say he's one of the guys responsible for the murder. He's a party of interest. Yes. And I believe there is an ESPN 30 for 30 about this because this happened the night of a Tyson fight, if I remember correctly. It was absolutely a Tyson fight in Vegas, correct. And the thing is, it was the night of a Tyson fight, but the fight goes back to actually something that happened in a casino earlier that evening. Nothing related to the Tyson fight. But we're not here to educate you about Tupac Shakur and what happened in 1997 in Vegas. It was 96, but whatever. We're here to get the last episode of the series. Episode 18, The Resentments. Otis manages Melissa's band. The band is called The Resentments? I mean, that's at least my take on this. Weird. And a couple people who are actually in the band with Slash and Melissa. Well, maybe Slash. I don't know. Is he playing bass in the resemblance? I don't know. But playing Janet, a bandmate, Charlotte Ross. She was in 12 episodes of Arrow as Donna Smoke. I think she'd be better known as Detective Connie McDowell on... 72 episodes of NYPD Blue, post-David Caruso. So she was uh, on the show 1998 to 2004. Somebody might have seen her in this episode and thought she'd make a great musician. So she was cast in the one and only season of The Heights one year later. Not even one year later. Like, three months later. Wait, they did a TV show based on the Kelsey Brothers podcast? (laughs) well you know since we've been talking about taylor swift and travis kelsey let's tie it in it works beautifully listen i'm rooting for these two kids i'm sure these are two up-and-coming kids right here this travis kelsey and this taylor swift i'm sure these two people are gonna turn out to be a real success in life i'm drowning in sarcasm You're writing the story about how Taylor wrote a song about Travis Kelsey right now, aren't you, Greg? How do you know she hasn't consulted me (laughs) about writing the song? Because she could have just told me, hey, Greg, you instruct ChatGBT to make some great stuff. How about in case I break up with Travis Kelsey, you have ChatGBT write the breakup song about it? And I was like, sure, Taylor. I'll make that, and you'll make millions of dollars off this. So that's the show. And now, let's ask ourselves, what the hell happened? Because as I said, this was in between The Simpsons and 90210 on Thursday nights. So, okay, you have The Simpsons in its second year on Thursday nights, because remember, for its second season, Fox moved The Simpsons from Sunday night at 8 to Thursday night at 8, opposite the Mr. Black show. And 90210 is in its sophomore season. So you think, okay, Simpsons is a big hit. Beverly Hills 90210 is a big hit. Surely this can't go wrong. 
So let's look at the competition. On ABC, you have something called Pros and Cons. Oh, James Earl Jones and Madge Sinclair. Okay. What's that be? Gabriel's Fire? Yeah, it says formerly known as Gabriel's Fire. Asterisk on the fall schedule. Okay. And then on CBS, you have Top Cops, which was like a documentary series, not to be confused with Cops on Fox. Top Cops was still a good series. It ran for like four seasons. It was one of my favorite shows back in the day. Oh, but on NBC opposite Drexel's class. And this is going to do it. A different world. Oh, Lord. And this would have been final season? Next to last. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's going to do it in terms of uh, like a one-two punch. You know, Top Cops was a good show. And obviously, Different World, very good show. But also, let's remember that this is the fifth season that Fox had scheduled primetime programming. Fifth, well, fifth, sixth. Because they did do like March through September of 87 before, you know, it was just like a soft launch or whatever you want to call it with Saturday and Sunday programming. But still... The reception wasn't there. You you did not have Fox television everywhere at this point. It was probably legit. I'm going to say three years till a lot of places got Fox. Because remember, they didn't get the NFC football coverage, NFL coverage, until 94. So at that point, there's a demand for Fox because they're showing all the NFC football games, not CBS. Yeah, and that really put Fox in serious consideration as a major network. Because before that, it was just like on like rinky-dink UHF stations. And then once they got the NFC from CBS, it was like, oh, we want Fox. And then remember also that same year, 94, that's when you had the big transition where like eight CBS stations became Fox affiliates and vice versa. So you did have a lot of stations, a lot of markets buying into the whole Fox hype. But I do have ratings for this show. For that reason that the coverage of Fox wasn't that big in 1991, you could probably expect the ratings to be on the low side. I have the ratings for the premiere week. So we're talking September 16th through the 22nd of 1991. And out of 86 shows... It ranked at 59th. Now, I think another thing we need to take a look at is where did it rank among Fox shows? Because, again, Fox had a lot of really bad shows at that point. And uh, taking a look, the top-rated show, maybe no surprise here for 1991. Coming in 20th was Married with Children. Actually, was right below Monday Night Football of all things. So that tells you how big Married with Children was at that time. And then uh, next would have been The Simpsons at 33. And then In Living Color was in a three-way tie for 34th. Again, big show on Fox in 1990, 91. And then you had Beverly Hills 90210 at 47. 
So that's the fourth highest rated Fox show. And then fifth, Drexel's class. So fifth highest ranking to begin with out of all Fox's shows, even though, you know, 59th isn't all that good. But, you know, taking a look at the rest of the shows that Fox had, Berman's Head, Rock, they showed I'm Gonna Get You, Sucka, that ranked lower. Parker Lewis Can't Lose, well, apparently he did lose this time. True Colors, uh, Sunday Comics, America's Most Wanted, Ultimate Challenge. I don't even see Cops on here, so maybe Cops wasn't on this week. But yeah, it was fifth out of, like, what were there, about 13, 14 shows? So it was decent, I would say, for Fox purposes at this point. If we look at week two, did it have similar success? Out of 96 shows... 67th. Oh, too shy of finishing in the nicest slot of them all. And taking a look, Beverly Hills 90210 had better ratings, 58th. And The Simpsons, 36th that week. So maybe this is a weak link trying to tie The Simpsons and Beverly Hills 90210? I don't know. If we look in October, so... We are now on episode three, September 30th through October 6th, 53rd out of 95 shows. Again, not good. And Beverly Hills 90210 was 45th, so a little higher. And The Simpsons was 29th. Actually, for the week, it was tied with uh, Mary with Children as Fox's highest rated show. But there's still a lot of shows on Fox that got worse ratings. Rock again. Cops. A second episode of Cops. Parker Lewis again. America's Most Wanted again. True Colors. Best of the Worst. Totally Hidden Video. Ultimate Challenge. And there's some shows there that actually lasted more than a season. I mean, Totally Hidden Video ran till what? Like 94? It ran at least like three seasons. Had two hosts. I don't remember Totally Hidden Video going past 92. Totally Hidden Video. Yeah, it did run, uh, looks like three seasons, but it was 89 to 92. So this didn't survive the 91, 92 season. But yeah, it was hosted by Steve Scrovan and then Mark Pitta. For episode four, 60th out of 86 shows. Oh, another show that didn't do so well for Fox. And I love this. I miss this show. They used to rerun it on VH1 like 20 years ago. Sunday Comics. Do you remember the Sunday Comics? I remember the Sunday Comics. No, I don't I remember. Thought, you don't remember? I thought that was a brilliant show. It was stand-up, but also they did little vignettes, little... You know, it was kind of, I don't want to say SNL-ish. It was more of a stand-up show, but it had little... Like uh, interstitials, if you will, like uh, what you'd see on SNL, the digital shorts. Oh, I love that show. Then the following week, uh, 65th out of 89 shows. And then uh, fourth week of October, 58th out of 88 shows. And number 88 was the aforementioned Sunday comics, which is a shame. I think that was hosted by Rosie O'Donnell, if I remember correctly. No, or it was if, first hosted by Jeff Altman. 
Oh, well, that explains it. That explains it right there. <laughs> and then it was hosted by Lenny Clark. I thought Rose, maybe Rosie O'Donnell appeared on uh, I could uh, see where Sunday Rosie Comics. O'Donnell would appear on the Sunday comics. Yeah. But not but, hosted personally. Right, right. That that's I, I th- that was my confusion there. I, I remember seeing her on Sunday comics. I thought she hosted it, but she definitely, I think, uh, appeared on that. So now we're gonna jump ahead to middle of November. Sixty-seventh show out of ninety. And Greg, I hate to say this. The worst ranked show that week was a Fox show. Get a life. People did not appreciate Chris Elliott in 1991. No. But again, maybe it's because it was too bizarre. We talked about that episode, and that was a great episode. I I seriously loved uh, the Get a Life episode. All right, one more week, and this looks like it's the week of Thanksgiving. Uh, 67th, tied for 67th, I should say, out of 90 shows. And again, show number 90, Get a Life. People just hating on Chris Elliott. So I think that sort of paints a picture a little bit. Yeah, the low ratings. Maybe there's a cost issue because I'm sure Dabney Coleman doesn't come cheap. Maybe that's why they kept around your America's Most Wanted and your cops. Well, obviously, they're very cheap. You don't have to pay any actors. You just need to do some editing. And you know, maybe you got to pay John Walsh some money and you know pay for the one eight hundred crime TV or crime ninety one or whatever they used at that point, but yeah, it, it didn't survive this one year. It had great cushy shows in front of it and behind it, but at the same time, as we said, top cops, decent show, a different world, a much better show. It was still in that uh, Thursday night must see TV lineup and. Drexel's class, unfortunately, uh, it didn't make the grade. So you know what that means, guys. Drexel's class. It was just a thing on TV. As always, if you want to listen to more stories about more things on TV, you can head over to itwasathingontv.com. You can listen to the 414 episodes that preceded this one. Great bonuses, minisodes, live shows, extended versions. They're all there. Also, we're on all social media, including Instagram, Threads, Mastodon. It was a thing on TV is the username you want to look for, except for Facebook, where we are at It Was a Thing on TV podcast. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever fine podcasts can be streamed. Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, iHeart, Audible, YouTube. Speaking of YouTube, we are there as well. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our channel. Don't forget to hit the notification bell so you can be informed of all of our future uploads, including what's coming up on Thursday. We've had three straight shows of Dabney Coleman. We've enjoyed those. But now we're going to celebrate season two of another podcast favorite, at least of Greg and Mines, by featuring somebody who will be prominently appearing on season two of that show. Let's just say he went from being one of the Goonies to winning an Oscar. And also Steve Smith is in this. And by Steve Smith, I don't mean the basketball player. 
and I don't mean the former Carolina Panther. That's Steve Smith Sr. Yes, that's the old man. What we're talking about is a Virginia-based animated high school nerd. Oh, and there was a Giants wide receiver that went by Steve Smith. That's probably why they call him Junior and Senior. I was waiting for you to make reference to the wide receiver from the Giants from about 15 years ago. He was good for like two or three years, then sort of petered out. Well, he did have a couple of catches in that Super Bowl in 2008. Not as spectacular as David Tyree, though. But still an integral piece to the Super Bowl title, nonetheless. Confused? You won't be after our next installment of It Was a Thing on TV. For Greg, for Mike, I'm Chico. Thank you ever so much for listening. Please be kind to one another, and we will see you for the next one. Row! I asked ChatGPT to write a Taylor Swift breakup song when she breaks up with Travis Kelsey. Oh, God! Sit back, gentlemen. We used to dance in the moonlight, Travis oh so bright. But now the stars have faded, and I'm here alone tonight. I thought we had a touchdown, a love so strong and deep. But now it's fourth and long, and I need my heart to keep. You were the quarterback of my heart. But now it's time for us to part. I'll pack my bags and I'll walk away. But there's something I just have to say. Travis, you are my MVP. But now it's time to set you free. Our love was like a touchdown pass. But now it's just a broken glass. I'll cherish all the moments the way you made me feel. But now it's time to heal and let our love congeal. You caught my heart like a spiral in the end zone of my soul. But now it's time to find myself and take back control. You are the quarterback of my heart, but now it's time for us to part. I'll pack my bags and I'll walk away, but there's something I just have to say. Travis, you are my MVP, but now it's time to set you free. Our love was like a touchdown pass, but now it's just a broken glass. I'll remember the moments when we were in sync, but I can't ignore the pain. It's time to rethink. I'll find my own end zone, a love that's meant to be. Travis, you are the quarterback, but I'll find my MVP. Travis, you are my MVP, but now it's time to set you free. Our love was like a touchdown pass, but now it's just a broken glass. So I'll say goodbye, and I'll wish you well. In this game of love, only time will tell. Travis, you are my MVP, but now it's time to find the real me. Aww. Dang.